0: To the shields outdoors podcast your source for information on hunting fishing and all of your outdoor passions
1: hello everyone and welcome to the shields outdoors podcast my name is Mike Anderson, and if you are into competition barbecue at all, you probably have some familiar faces in front of us. If you don't, you're definitely in for a treat today. So with me, I have Heath Riles and Chad Ward. Thank yes, you sir. for uh, for meeting us here today. Happy to be
2: here. Yeah, I'm just thank you for inviting us to be on.
1: hmm. It's great to have you. So um, can, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from?
2: Well, my name is Heath Riles, and my competition barbecue team is Heath Riles Barbecue. It's mostly made up of just me and my wife. We have a few friends at some of the bigger contests that go with us. Um, We started out as just a backyard, not really backyard team. I can't say that. We kind of jumped right in the fire as competition barbecue. We honed our skills, and uh, we was on many different teams through the years and started many teams and finally decided it was time to – I took the advice of Sweet Baby Ray and Famous Dave to change to my name. And I did, and I had a line of products, and I got behind those products, and it's kind of took off nationally, and stores like Shields have got behind me, and uh, it's made my dreams come true. It's allowed me to leave the corporate world and be my own boss, and my wife to leave the corporate world, and uh, we just hired our first employee and looking for another one, and uh, it's just been a heck of a ride. And uh, I've won 74 grand championships and about, I don't know, between three and $400,000 in prize money, and. Uh, I just feel really blessed and really lucky. That's know? great. And just other doing thing, what you
0: love, right? The other thing, if yeah. you don't know about Heath, there used to be a Bank of America commercial <laughs> with a guy that was a pitmaster, and that was your boy Heath Rouse.
2: Yeah, I went to Hollywood one time. <laughs> I mean,
1: that was was that your first taste of fame?
2: Um, yes, it was kind of crazy. I, you know, worked a normal job. I was in the beer industry, and uh, I was actually over on premise, and I run all the bars and restaurants had delivery guys and all that. And uh, and so going from that and, and quitting that and then getting the commercial after I got into competition barbecue, it did propel me and allow me to really fund my dreams. If I wouldn't have made that money, uh, I probably wouldn't be where I am today thanks to that and American Express. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's right. It was American Express. It it, was, no, it, no, it was a Bank of America okay. commercial, but funding my business... <laughs> i I honestly didn't go borrow any money i swiped the good old credit card and i said i'm gonna try this or not and thirty thousand dollars is not a lot of money to chase your dream it is but you know what we're gonna we're gonna make it or break it or we're gonna fake it till we make it (laughs) and uh we actually i guess you could say we're 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 there
1: Uh, i'm I'm thinking you hit the made it status
2: (laughs) uh, we're i don't know about that but uh i consider us blessed and lucky and uh it allows me to work with great people like Traeger with Chad and, and he's got a brand and even though he works for Traeger and we go and he invites me to do things sometimes and uh, and cook for for great partners, you know, in the business. And it's just a fun time. Mm-hmm. It's not like putting on a pair of it's slacks not and going to work yeah. like oh. at a normal job.
1: Yeah, it's just a fun time to be in yeah. the barbecue world right. in general. So, um, you know, Chad, how about
0: you? So yeah, Chad Ward, I'm the uh, owner of Whiskey Bent Barbecues. So we have a store in Lakeland, we have a line of rubs. Uh, also the director of marketing, barbecue marketing. I think it's a great title, director of barbecue marketing at uh, at Traeger. And I've been with the brand. Uh, the brand got purchased about seven and a half years ago. I came on about six months into that. And uh, they said, well, you know, we own a grill company. We probably need a barbecue guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, it seems uh, logical. Yeah. And so, uh, so I got a chance to work with the company. And at that point, I was uh, an executive in the software business. So I did a lot of turnaround and Um, startup software companies did about four of them and uh, I was kind of just at my wits end with that and i had been taking all my vacation time from software to go work for Traeger you know doing events things like this and uh, opportunity just came up they said hey we we want a guy to lead our barbecue marketing effort and be kind of the face of the brand and um, I just had my my five-year anniversary as an employee will be tomorrow actually um, so just it's just been amazing. I mean, you look at the brand and, and what we've done and where it's gone. it's it's amazing. You know, we just announced we're we're gonna go public with an IPO here at the end of the month. and um just to be part of it,s it's it's just so cool. So you know, getting to work with Shields and some of our you know big retail partners, it's it's a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. so so I do have a question for you. Um, the people that are watching the video will get this the audio you just kind of have to picture it but like when you came into your first interview with them were you wearing a pair of shorts like that
0: so so I, <laughs> I actually was wearing a long pair of these so if you go to loudmouthgolf.com you can check them out it's a pair of flamingo pants so I wore a black button-up shirt and a pair of hot pink flamingo pants and uh, they thought okay this is our guy yeah this is the kind of guy we can get behind (laughs) exactly get everyone excited about my dad always told me you know as a kid just be memorable Mm -hmm. always leave something you know let people walk away with a memory hey you make your mark buddy
2: (laughs) well thank you (laughs) that is a that is a heck of a um inspirational thing from your father yeah you know be memorable and that is um that's pretty cool yeah when I, I think it's something too with with a lot
0: of us barbecue guys. I mean, it's our DNA, right? There's a reason we do this for a living. We love sharing our food. We love, you know, and and you know, I mean, we we were putting brisket slices out today. That just ain't a piece of meat. That's that's us. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We're
1: just sharing who yeah, we you are. you got your heart and soul on that. Man.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that, I mean that that's that's kind of our name. That's that's what people are gonna walk away with. Is that a good bite of food or not?
2: And and with Chad, I'm sure he's gonna say the same thing. It's something about it looking in a person's eyes when they eat something that you cooked that smile that comes from it and that nod it's just Mm -hmm. like that's all the gratification you need you know i'm a big dude i don't play sports anymore that's my win Mm -hmm. i mean to me and winning contests is all fine but it comes to i guess i've crossed that golden bridge in my life um you know and yeah i'm still going to cook some of the big contests i'd like you know to win memphis in may or the royal or something the jack but um I'm not all about contests anymore. It's about passing on the knowledge that I've learned over the years to all these guys that are not interested in competition barbecue, but finding their way in their backyard to cook for their family and friends. Because creating memories and and laughter is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You don't hear too many fights and mass shootings at a family barbecue, do you? No, you Harder sure don't. It's all about having a good time. Yeah, I mean, just your food. friends, your family, food.
1: Yep and barbecue it's just it's really all about bringing people That's together right,
2: bringing people together
1: so I, I am curious about how you guys got into the competition game like wh- what drove you to get
2: started well for me uh, I was 18 graduating high school and one of my best friends in school his uncle had a KCBS barbecue team and he was just a local guy he cooked five or six events a year at old stick burner and we went with him had a good time he was going out of town so he decided to let us use his cooker uh, and his recipes to cook at the contest, our local contest. We were 18-year-old kids, so what did we do? We threw a party. All our friends come. <laughs> <cannibalized>. <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> I mean, my dad was a cop, you know, and so we didn't get in any trouble. We just had a good old-fashioned time, right? And Don come back in town, and he said, boys, he said, if y'all going to be like that, y'all need to build your own grill and start your own team like I did. He said, it looks like it's something you're enjoying. And so me being the cocky 18-year-old kid that I was at the time goes, I'm going to build my own grill. I got this. (laughs) And so I went to some barbecue contests and looked at other grills, found a steel pipe manufacturer, bought a piece of scrap pipe, and built my own cooker. And I could never get the firebox right. And a lot of people don't know this story. (laughs) I couldn't get the airflow right, so I contacted a buddy of mine that worked for a metal fab company, and he helped me with the firebox. And um, got you it right. You don't understand,
0: getting that draw right, when you build a pit's pit, hard.
2: Well, I cooked on that grill for eight or nine years before I bought my first competition cooker. And I sold that grill for $1,200. Nice. And I would give 12000 <laughs> to have it back oh, today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't That's know where something. it's at anymore. But I would love the one that I bought a welder. I bought a torch. I burnt the welding rods. I built it. I mean, I remember going to the hardware store and buying dial to cut in and make the handles to raise mm-hmm. the lid. I'd really like to have that back, but that's how I got started in competition barbecue. Okay. It just well, kind of, just kind of barrel roll from there, just cooking locally, and I got a divorce and moved to the bigger city about forty-five minutes up the road, and started a new team, and it just kind of barrel roll from there, and it's turned into a backyard thing to a multi-million-dollar dream.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it's, wild. And you know, if the if the person that has your grill is listening to this podcast, you know, you can get a really positive return on investment. You yes. can get a good ROI. I would
2: love Some to have real good ROI. A really good ROI. Down.
0: And he's already set the price, guys, $12,000. Hey, you know, yep. I probably
2: would give, I, I mean, I'm serious. I would pay oh, good it, money. I might not give 12000 depending on the shape it was in, but I'm telling you, I would give good money to have that
0: grill. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? For, for me, it was, Um, I, I grew up grilling, you know, I you know, loved my dad to death, but he was a typical propane gas cooker, you know, Chicken be burned on the outside and raw on the inside. And, you know, grilling night turned into pizza night every once in a while. And so uh, I just liked cooking and um, went to college my junior and senior year. I lived with a couple of buddies. Um, We had a house and my dad had this old Sunbeam. Y'all remember the old Sunbeam gas grills? I do. Well, all the the gas components have been burned out of it. So I got a, a piece of flange and some JB Weld. Covered up where the gas components came in, drilled a couple of holes in it, turned into a charcoal grill, and kind of said, you know, I, I, I learned off everything it was about 10 minutes from going out of date because, you know, you're in college, you're broke as a joke. And uh, so I just go down to the meat department and get whatever is, you know, 70 80% off and cooked every weekend for my buddies. And um, then life happens, you know, you graduate college and got in the software business. And I started out as a software consultant. So, you know, you fly out on Sunday night, fly home Friday night, you know, you're only home really Saturday, so all you want to do is wash your clothes, lay on the couch, and get repacked and go back. And after about six months of that, my buddy Jared that I lived with, uh, was also a software consultant with me at the same company. Uh, we we got done with the project early, so we're sitting at the house. On I don't think we had to go back on the road till Tuesday, so we're sitting at my house listening to Country Gold Saturday night. And I said, man, I said we got to find a way to get the old gang back together, you know, and cook. You know, I don't want to do it every weekend, but and so well, what about these barbecue competitions? And I'm from Lakeland, Florida, and we've got a contest. It'll be its 25th anniversary this year, called Lakeland Pig Festival. Big case of best contest. Heath can vouch for it. It's a it's a solid contest. Good. And um, and he's like, well, what about those, man? And so we get to look in and find this Florida Barbecue Association. They got a bunch of contests, you know, within two hours of us. And I was like, well, let's do it. All right, we're getting to competition barbecue. And Jared's grandfather just passed and had this huge, probably. Eight foot in diameter, stick burner. It was, it was a big stand-up, so it was, it was it was high and wide. A cabinet style. Cabinet yeah. style, um, but but it was a cylinder, and and I still have that one, which is kind of cool. Um, and I said, all right, man, and, and you don't think about competition barbecue being one bite barbecue as we call it, you mm-hmm. know? So so you don't have to have this big pit, but boy, we had this big pit and we showed up and uh, i said well i don't don't want to make our debut at the hometown contest i'd like to get a little couple reps in (laughs) and so uh uh, august of 2007 we went over to Kissimmee, you know right around the mouse house as i say disney world and we entered the amateur division there was nine teams we finished seventh and lost to a troop of boy scouts (laughs) so i always say whiskey bent had humble beginnings (laughs) <laughs> but there was something about that day out there with those people and how helpful everybody was. They knew it was our first contest. It was almost just after one. I could say, man, this, this could end up being my second family. Like these are good people. You know, it reminded me a lot of you know I played sports through college, and it, it reminded me just the camaraderie of sports. And and do we compete against each other? Absolutely. We just we just did today. But we're each other's biggest fans. You know, oh, when yeah. when and, and the fact that we've both been able to make a you know a livelihood out of this and, you know, build million dollar brands, it's it's unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we do get to, you know, put in long days, I man. When this trip's done, I'll be on the road 21, 22 days. Um, in the last three months, I've been home 14 days, but man, I wouldn't trade it for the world. We get to live our dream. And it all started with competition barbecue, big boys in a parking lot in whatever city, you know, with cookers and, and just, they're guys that, you know, I, if I forget something at home, I can go to Heath and say, Man, I need some of that butter bath, or I need this, or I need that, and you don't ever want to beat somebody because they didn't have something. You want to beat them because just on that day, that set of judges thought you had better food. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, and we all that's the thing that's funny too is you know not only do we not really compete against each other in competition barbecue, but our brands. Yeah, you, know, you go in Shields, beautiful barbecue section. There's my stuff. There's Heath stuff. Our buddy Malcolm, his stuff, killer hogs. All these guys that we cooked in these same parking lots with 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now look at it, it's, it's amazing. It's one of those things, if, if you got a dream, like Heath said, you know, and, and it's funny, you said $30,000 on a credit card. I opened my first store, 750 square feet for $30,000. That was the lease, the product, the whole nine yards, but I, kind of one of those field of dreams, man. If you build it, they'll come,
2: you know? Mm-hmm. That's where I was at. I figured I could take $30,000 and if I had to pay back $500 a month, I, I knew that I could do that without making any money. I, I knew, I sacrificed everything I'd done without. I sold my personal truck because I had a company vehicle for a little over a year. My wife can vouch for this. We went everywhere in her car and everywhere in a company vehicle, my company van. I had a beer van. And I can remember going to the casino, going to the fights and ballet parking a beer van.
1: <laughs> but I didn't
2: drive an ordinary beer van. <laughs> Mine had a set of 20s on it, and it had. when you open up the back doors, it had kegs that had been cut out with speakers mounted in them. And it was like a show van. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So I could pull awesome. up and rock out somewhere. <laughs> Everybody loved me. You're we pretty the,
1: much welcome at any place. Well, we done all that. the
2: parades, and we done all the festivals, and we done. Mm-hmm. And so we always had a good time, always. At one time, I tell people, when I actually met my wife, my job in the beverage industry was taking models out at night And buying drinks all I did was pay the tab they bought people's drinks and sampled whatever we were sampling then and I just hung out and you know drank some beers and paid for everything so it was a great (laughs) way to learn and when I met my wife I went to my boss and I said look that life ain't for me I got a girlfriend and she's a fiance now and I I need to be in sales or something I need to come off this (laughs) promotional road and so I did that and I done really well in sales and got promoted moved up really fast and it was just something about going and talking to people and just chilling. Even when I was in the beer business, I was competing barbecue part-time. But everybody knew me as the barbecue guy. Mm-hmm. What'd you win this weekend? Where'd you go? What'd you, what are y'all doing? Because I was always trying to leave early on Friday, you know, and to get to a barbecue contest. And so, like Chad said, everybody's always just been so supportive. And and I don't know. I just – it's been amazing. I get it lost for words trying to talk about it I because I can't uh I, I never thought I would be able to care for a brand like I do or just embrace it and it's it's different it's it's fun
1: that's a that's an amazing story absolutely love it so Chad you hinted a little bit about uh about competition today and that kind of you know that'll bring us to to why I have you guys at the table here our at our studio here in Fargo so uh can you guys tell me a little bit of what's going on while you're here
0: yeah so we were you know it, it was it was interesting a couple of months ago you know traeger reaches out and our, our guys that handle the the shields account you know glenn and sloan they're like hey uh shields is putting together this barbecue competition as part of their training so I mean, that's quite an undertaking you know oh well, yeah we're gonna do briskets and this and that can you can you get me a couple of pit masters from traeger and so i said well i'll, I'll definitely be there and Reached out to Heath, and uh, we reached out to Malcolm, but he's on family vacation, so it's going to be the three of us. And then Malcolm had that vacation, and so we said, well, you know, got our buddy Jeff Vanderlindy, who's over in outside of Minneapolis. He's a world champion, and uh, shaking and grinning. And uh, the three of us came out and had the whole Traeger team here, and then you guys had the other brands, you know, Masterbuilt and Kamada Joe and those guys. And um, it was awesome. But, but I got to say, you know, a couple of things that I'll leave this with first please do it again next year. <laughs> it was an absolute blast. Um, I used to work for a company before I was in software public supermarkets down in Florida and well, up the East coast now, but when I started just a Florida company and um, we're, they, they were employee owned. And the one thing about Publix, you know, it's always a well lit, well merchandised, great employees. And when I walked into my first Shields yesterday for the first time, it was like, I felt like I was back home at Publix. Everybody just bend over backwards, hospitable, um, store, nice, bright, clean. And, and I was impressed with it, just looking at it. And then as I'm coming down the escalator, I'm like, whoa, whoa hold on, you can get fitted for golf clubs here too? That's a simulator. Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, I mean, and then I get to talking to some of y'all's employees, it's <laughs> not like, well, that Fargo store is great. And, and we're actually, you know, kind of doing a little, little update in there. But like Jeff from Minneapolis was, man, you gotta go to the Eden Prairie store.
2: I was and, just gonna say that they,
0: they have a hockey rink in there. I, I know,
2: <laughs> really. And, and then one Not of the, nobody's told me that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the cool thing about what you guys did was it wasn't just us coming out and cooking. We've got you know every team got five Shields employees that were there for training, and one of my guys on my team is from the Colony, the Dallas store, and mm-hmm. he said, oh. well. Everybody talking about eating prairie. You you (laughs) should see the colony that stores unreal. And I get it. There's
1: definitely some competition between stores for sure. It's all in good fun. But 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 but. the
0: pride they had in each one of their stores and why it's Mm -hmm. different and this and that, like that—that's something that's so hard to see, especially right now at this snapshot of the world where you're having a hard time getting employees. You know, a lot of businesses struggle with that. Obviously, you guys don't. Just—and I had a guy that had been with Shields seven months. All the way up to one guy on my team he had been there 14 years you know and they all just talk about how well the brand takes care of them and and you can see it man you guys got a great thing going on and i and i was so happy to hear about how you guys wanted to expand and grow your market and i'll tell you what come on down to central florida well we'd love to have y'all well and, uh, hey you never know
1: what's going to happen next we've got a we've got a store coming up in uh, chandler arizona oh nice we announced so we, uh, we are getting a few stores south now it's been uh you know, mostly a midwestern thing to start, but we are we are definitely expanding, and who knows? I
2: would love to have y'all in Tennessee and North Mississippi too. <laughs> I mean Georgia. I mean, you know, y'all could mop up. Yeah. I mean, it, it's ain't nothing like y- it. Y'all stores are. I, I really didn't know uh, Shields was, as, you know, the kind of store it was. I honestly thought it was a smaller outdoor sporting goods store, and when I walked in yesterday, and they said that's not even the big store. I mean, two levels. I'm blown away, and I'm a huge, Ferris wheel. I'm a huge hunting. I'm a huge <laughs> hunting guy too, and the Ferris wheel. But going upstairs to the hunting department, and, the, and we were checked out the barbecue department. I see barbecue departments everywhere. you all are top notch, top notch. Well, I appreciate it. Yep. When I walked over to the gun department, though, and I see that y'all buy used gun collections and the type of guns that you had in there, my wife was like. Get you know. out of, <laughs> of here and i went in the, I went in the room you know the, the the good room, and uh man, I was amazed at the prices i'm gonna be honest i'm I follow a lot of antique firearms and mm-hmm. and uh I might own several and maybe uh maybe allegedly and, <laughs> uh, not in my name and uh I was amazed at what all y'all had i i mean really amazed and then to see the 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 bow area y'all had, you know, and uh, you know you could shoot over there in the bowling alley, and you know we, I was just amazed. I mean, mm-hmm. really, you all store is above and beyond any kind of sporting goods store I've ever been in.
1: Yeah, we really above try to beyond. make it a full experience, you, you know, do. offer it a little is. something for everybody, and uh, you know, like we we mostly value our experts. You know, that's that's why we're making these universities get hands-on training with professional people to to not only build product knowledge, but to just like build
2: excitement. Well, how many stores have you been in before that don't do, that don't invest the money into their company and their employee training, that you ask for something, and there's a lot of big box retailers out there making, we know there's printing money by the second, that don't put any money into training, and you walk into a store and none of them can tell you anything about a single product, about a single, where most of them can even tell you where something's at in the store. Mm -hmm. And so I really respect the fact that Shields takes the time to really. And the money, it's a big investment. It is a huge investment to put the money, like you said, not only money, but the time and effort into training employees and employees want to work for the company. And like Chad said, right now where we're at, everybody's having short staffed and trying to find labor. And for y'all to be, you know, where you're at, everybody, you know, you want to go to work at Shields. Um, it means something. That means you're doing the right thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh.
1: You know what? We we greatly appreciate that. And you're really buttering
2: us up right now. No, no. The, I mean, I'm know. just telling you. The hey, well, 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 we're, we're here well, to talk well, about well, barbecue, Yeah, it, But I think the other thing, too, is,
0: you know, <laughs> both me and Heath, our brands, are in all y'all stores that have a barbecue yeah. section. And so a lot of times it's just a it's a purchase order that comes through, and we fulfill it, and we send the product out. But But to be able to come into the retailer, experience the store, experience the employees, like – it's just going to make our relationships with our brands and with mm-hmm. Traeger. It's just going to make it tighter. So I mean, it, it's just great so. to get out here and get 36 hours, kind of just immersed in y'all's brand and mm-hmm. and do what we can to make sure your employees. I want to
2: know what I can else I can do to make you better. Yeah. And, you've you know sh- what? and you and, can just
1: keep doing you.
2: Well, I'm going to keep doing me. And and as I like to say, and my, sometimes my wife do not like me saying what I'm about to say, <laughs> I'm just living. L I V I N. That's it. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's my we're... motto. You can put it on my tombstone if I kick over tomorrow. He was just living. L I V I N. And go. I mean Enjoying that. Enjoying every moment of it. Can so we throw an apostrophe every... on the end of it? Do what?
0: L I V I N apostrophe. Can we yep. throw
1: it on there? I mean, that's right over <laughs> so i I am curious though like so if it's your your first experience into shields you walk in there what's it like to you know to see the store and then to see your product on the shelf oh man to know you're a part of it
0: it it was super cool you know go in and and uh you got to the barbecue section there and and honestly i said well i'm I'm not going to ship any rubs i'll just buy them yeah i'll just buy them from the shields you know what i mean and I'll, i'll use those for the contest um and to go in there, and I think we were about third shelf down, and right in the middle, and it was—it was just cool. I mean, I, and I always, every time I go in a store that's got our product, you know, I, I go in and do my retail thing and front everything and make sure it looks good. But not was—it was super cool when you think back. You know, and I'm sure Heath has these same experiences every time we walk in a retail where our products at. Like, man, we're just a couple of guys that you know cooked in a parking lot and kind of figured it out, you know, and had a little mm-hmm. bit of personality, and, and people just kind of gravitated to us and appreciate what we do and. And it's humbling, man. I, I ain't go, I mean it, it it it's walking into the first store and seeing your product on the shelf or walking into it and seeing it at the hundredth time, it still always feels the same way. It's just so gratifying and just so happy that we can take what we've done and share it with others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so you can take a little bit of Chad or a little bit of Heath and you know, serve it to your friends, your family in your backyard, in your kitchen and uh, to be able to do that's pretty dang cool.
2: Yep. I have to agree with Chad. It's um The first time I ever walked in a Kroger grocery store locally to me that we shop in and I see our product, it's a, you know, and your buddy walks by and goes, Oh man, you're selling that in here now. Yeah, we are. (laughs) And and, and just, uh, you know, and around home, we have people that are so loyal to us because they're people we grew up with, people in school with, you know, me and my wife and family members and close friends. And, and they text me, man, they're out of your pecan rub over here, at you know, the South Haven store. And, you know, it's always, uh people are trying to buy it and they're calling me and it's just a, a feeling that i don't know it's uh unless you've experienced it i can't explain it mm-hmm. it's uh i guess a a feeling of self-pride and yeah, self yeah it's just worth an that, incredible sense of yeah pride, that that, I imagine. that you can actually you always probably dreamed as a kid like i did of doing different things and i never knew i was going to be an entrepreneur and and now after being one i i really I don't know why I wasted my time in the corporate world. <laughs> you, know. you know
0: what, though? I, I, to, to, to hit on that, though, I think the corporate world, we learned things there. We do. That made us better entrepreneurs. It made
2: me a heck of a salesman.
0: Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I was about to say customer service and just connecting with people. I know that did a lot for me. Um, so it's it's one of those, that yeah, if we could have done this at 25, well, it would have been fun, but you needed those. Well, you know, maybe you wouldn't have succeeded then. Yeah. Cause oh, you don't have your exactly knowledge right. from
1: past experience. And there's
2: also the fact that, Some corporations are not valuing their employees like they should be. Yeah. And just to reiterate, Shields, they value their employees. I've worked for some companies that does not value their employees. You're just another person on the wall. And I've worked for corporations that were – would call you Friday evening at six o'clock and you would think you were finna get, you know, just yelled at about something and go, I really want to tell you, I appreciate all the hard work you've done behind the scenes to make things happen this week. And I respect people like that. And so anytime you can tell, that relates to me when my boss tell me that I know what it felt like. And so now I try to purvey that as being a business owner to anytime to a retailer or even anytime I'm out at a restaurant and a server's really good, and they're doing what they're supposed to do, man, I'm gonna tell them they're doing a good job. I want yeah. them to know because they don't get told good enough. I appreciate it. Well, mm. and, and
0: I'll tell you, that that's one of the cool things at Traeger, you know, because I guess you could say I still work a corporate job, but- But it's not like it. It's not, it's not. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you've got air quotes, yeah. corporate job. I mean, you, you've you've been around the Traeger brand and-, and Traeger office
2: is awesome and it reminds me a lot. I went to Yeti's office before, you know, we worked with Yeti also. Mm-hmm. And you do too, right? Yep. And So, so uh Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the trifecta. Yeah trifecta yeah. and Yeti is a great partner too for us and um, they honestly their work atmosphere is just so awesome and so the first time I went to Traeger headquarters in Utah I told my wife I said it's the same way here the atmosphere is not like you're just another guy the mm-hmm. owner actually knows your name Yep. and they care about you and they purvey that in their brand or image they don't tell you to trim your goatee they don't tell you to Need to be clean shaven. No, hey, quit Wear wearing khakis. them
1: shorts, boy. Any, the Believe me, anybody. No that, one should tell you to quit wearing them. Anybody shorts. that can get no away
2: way. with wearing what Chad wears, those shorts, that's pretty cool to work for. Yeah, and so and
0: well, and another thing to kind of piggyback on. What you said Heath, you know that. Thank you. So every quarter, every employee at Traeger gets a hundred dollars to give to another employee to say, you know, if, if somebody jumped through hoops to get. Stuff to an event for me or whatever. I may say, well, okay, Tim Gage, I appreciate what you did. You get my $100 this quarter. But you're talking about 500 close to employees. And that's something the company does every quarter. You take your $100, you nominate whoever. And so it's kind of cool because we'll wait until we serve lunch to all of our associates every day at Traeger. Mm-hmm. And um, so it'll be at the beginning of the month, you know, first couple of days. And Jeremy, our CEO, will walk around with just a stack of envelopes okay here's here's what you got this week or this this quarter here's what you got and so it's kind of interesting and like you'll have some people that are just overachievers and they'll sit down at lunch and have a stack of envelopes like this you know what i mean but to me it's cool you know we love recognizing people and and it's uh it's something i think just makes the brand a little bit different than everybody else Mm -hmm. Just a great way to build camaraderie. Absolutely. It is. Well, and it also kind of makes you learn, you know, because I think sometimes in big businesses like that, you get siloed into, like, I fall under the marketing department. So I work a lot with the marketing people, but I may not work with accounts payable or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But it makes you kind of get into these different departments within the company and learn other folks you're working with. For sure. That's pretty awesome. Mm
1: -hmm. So I am, I'm curious about, each of your products, what you are, what you're most proud of, what you like the best, and then, um, you know, maybe a recipe you like to use it with, what you like to put it on. So can you start, Heath?
2: Are yeah, you trying to make him name his favorite child? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to tell you, one of my products that I'm – I can't name just one. I got it, and it's hard to name. Here's two. the sales guy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and no, it's the – I love I and my wife can tell you I have so many other people's brands at home that I cook with and not only my own. I mean it's a pantry full of stuff. And I reach for my garlic jalapeno and garlic mm-hmm. butter, probably more than anything. And just to be a hint, I'm fixing to drop a Cajun Creole garlic butter Ooh. in the next, you know, two weeks, three weeks.
0: Can I get on the can I get on the beta testing program? For yeah, that?
2: you're gonna get on the beta testing program. <laughs> and uh but I think the product that I'm most proud of probably is my butter bath and me and Chad were talking about it on the way over here. It's the only product in the country. A lot of people wrap the ribs of their pork in butter, brown sugar, and honey. Mm-hmm. We all know that it makes a mess, right? Get in there and get in Correct. and whatnot. And so I used to take my stuff and mix it all up in my wife's KitchenAid mixer and beat it like cake batter. I would take a tub of butter. I would take a pound of brown sugar. I would take, you know, so much tiger sauce and everything, and I would blend it all up, and it looked like cake batter. I'd cut the end off a of tip of the bag and pipe it in the foil and lay my rib in it. One of my buddies one time at a place said, hey, why don't you uh, put that in a powder form you could sell it. I said, ding. I went <laughs> home and started working on it and got it perfected, and it's basically a product that's got butter, brown sugar, honey, and spices in it, and all you do is reconstitute it, a quarter cup per slab of ribs with three-quarters a cup of liquid. And you wrap each slab of ribs or pork butt with three-quarters of a cup of product. So it makes every product consistent, every rib, right? Because you're using the same amount in every slab. Mm-hmm. When you're pouring apple juice and you're grabbing brown sugar and you're squeezing butter and you're dumping stuff, you don't know how much you're putting in
0: there. Yeah, there's so. a lot There's a lot of spaces for error in that process. Well, and, and the one thing there, too, Heath, and I think that's so good about that product is, when we go win a contest, what do you want to do the next weekend? You wanna be able to replicate that. Replicate you know what I mean? Over and, and, over. And, and and that's the key to competition barbecue is finding something that wins and then being able to do it the next weekend, the next weekend. And people all the time will say, Well, you don't mind giving people your recipes, they're gonna be competing against you. You still gotta out execute. You Still gotta cook it. Mm-hmm. But but something like butter bath, it just allows one of those areas and, and he's exactly right, the, the variable and your rib wrap and your pork wrap when you're just...
2: I tell anybody in competition barbecue, it's about controlling the small things. It's not the big things. You can overcome the big things. It's the little minute things that you think don't matter that really does matter. You have to have the right amount of salt, the right amount of pepper, the right amount of garlic. And so I, that butter batch, just like Chad said, helped me become consistent. I've been rib team of the year six times on the Memphis circuit. Six times. And it's incredible first off to even do that and i've broke every record that people like myron mixon has had and other top pit masters they said it couldn't be caught i've run him down (laughs) and i'm half his age and so it just goes to prove that the way things are going with the way the internet is with youtube and videos if people sit down and watch you can learn a lot from the internet and and i started out old school and just found my way but us doing the youtube channel now and to back up our products like that butter bath people are learning about it and know what it is and it just makes you consistent it makes it easy mm-hmm. you don't have to yeah, grab it, it just one really product. inspires confidence yeah you don't have to grab it one product to cook a slab you know that slab of ribs basically you don't have to put any rub on it if you don't need to you yeah. can cook straight wood because so that butter bath just helps you turn consistent so that's probably my most favorable product that i have yeah. that makes sense
0: so for me it would be the first so all the the, the six rubs that i have in the brine are all things that I competed with. And it was, um, I'd went to a co-packer and, you know, and said, well, you know, I, I think I'd I'd like to do something. And, you know, here's my, re-, you know, sign an NDA. Here's my recipes, da, da, da. And got busy, you know, just got on with Traeger. You know, thing world just started going 100 miles an hour. And um, went to open my second retail store. Hadn't seen my co-packer in nine months. You know, we had talked back and forth. and said, look, man, she's real busy, da, da, da. So it comes to this. Graham out of our second store and uh, brings me a bag and says, hey, congratulations. Well, it's all six of the rubs I'd been working on that he had just went and said, well, I'm going to get my best shot at them. I'm like, dude, these are close. Like, if I come and spend a couple of days with you, like, I think we can get these fine tuned. And so I did. And so we've got a a, a pork rub called the Old Fashioned. Uh, we've got a, a chicken, which is also really good on on pork, also called the bird and the blazing bird but probably the one that in their number one seller and the one that I like is most barbecue guys love cooking beef. And so I, this was my brisket rub, but then I started doing a, when I came to trigger, I started doing a lot with outdoor guys. Um, John Dudley, Joe Rogan, those kind of guys, you know, going out and going on elk hunts and cooking for the camp and that kind of stuff. And I said, well, shoot, I said, I bet with just a tweak or two, I can make this not just a beef rub, but I can make it a red meat rub you know, where you can use it on venice and elk, moose, you know, the whole nine yards. And I uh, made a couple little tweaks, and to me, that that's the one, the rocks. It's the one that's uh, my favorite. It was on the brisket that we finished third with today. Um, it's just really, really good rub. You had to throw that in there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, good rub? Oh, third place. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had to, <laughs> had to get that in there. But um, but no, it's, it's a really good rub, and I just like it because I, I like the fact that it just doesn't it's not just for hardcore barbecuers. I mean, I think, I think one area where like we've really killed it at Traeger and, and I think we both have with our personal brands is the outdoor space. You know, you think about what hunters and fishermen go out and what they spend on hunts and and fishing trips and those kind of things. And I remember talking to guys like, like John Dudley, where he's like, man, you know, you go out and you get this beautiful elk and you nice and lean. He's like, and then you go throw it on a propane grill. What? Like, there's something about cooking wild game when it's so lean on the Traeger because you're cooking with convection instead of direct heat mm-hmm. that just no, right. allows it to stay moist and, and really delicious. And then if you can throw the rocks on top of that, shh, win-win. A little yeah, bit of garlic I, I think that's the biggest problem
1: a lot of people have with wild game is just, you know, losing that moisture.
0: Well, and real quick, and full disclosure, there was some garlic jalapeno on them burn ends that was in that third-place box today. I knew it.
1: <laughs> and I will I will vouch for them being delicious. Well, thank you, oh, man. Yeah, we just uh, you know did the did the taste test before we got to the I know podcast, you and you know I I didn't have a bite I didn't absolutely love.
2: That's awesome. I think everybody's brisket was different, just a little bit yeah. different. You know, even though some people's were cooked on the same cooker. Mm-hmm. You know, my, me and Chad both used, and Jeff both all used 885 ironwoods, mm-hmm. but all of our briskets turned out different, just by a little bit, mm-hmm. just by a little bit. Because I think all of us cooked at different temps and different times. Yeah. All of us wrapped at different times. Some of yeah. us wrapped really early. Some of us wrapped really late. Chad wrapped really late. He knew what he was doing.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's got their own style, their own flavor. You know, you just make barbecue what you want it to be. Add your own little personal yeah. flair. And, you know,
2: that's what it's all about. People buy our products, take them home. And that's why we don't consider ourselves competitors, just like today. Chad saying, I I had some garlic jalapeno on there. And we just cooked some steaks last night with garlic jalapeno and rocks on it out there. All of our stuff pairs well with each other's. Yep. And so these backyard guys going into a store, what Shields has recognized to me is that we need a bunch of rubs. We need a bunch of sauces. Yeah. Because that guy that comes in the door right here, if he's like me and like Chad, he's got 60 or 70, 80, 110 bottles at home.
0: <laughs> I, I just moved. So my, my parents gave me the house I grew up in, did a remodel on it. So sold my house, and the, I was home for eight days and uh, moved the whole time, and I counted. I packed three banana boxes full of number of barbecue rubs, all, all well within date, too.
2: Okay. Mine, it, that's when I probably got 60, 70 bottles in the last six months. I've given away stuff the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> Box, not bigger than banana boxes. You know the black totes you can buy at Home Depot with a yellow lid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those. That's crazy. I'm between – just stuff people send me, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'll cook with it two or three times, and then it kind of gets pushed aside because I'm trying something new and doing this. I don't want it to ruin. So I've got certain friends that I give it to. to Come, look over, and and try. Get, come over and get yeah, your time. Yeah, want, I want somebody else to try it. I don't want it to go bad. I don't yeah. want to throw it away, Yeah, yep. you know. And it's hard to use a 20-ounce shaker or rub. I mean, yeah. There's you know, just you so many
1: options out there you it want is. to try.
2: Well, when somebody goes in a store, that was my point, just like Chad's store, just like y'all's store. Even me – I have 15 different dry rubs right now, and I will buy my buddies off the shelf to try his if I ain't had it. And it's not about, I want to taste it, I want to see how well he done with his product. Mm -hmm. I want to see if it goes good with my product. I want to see what we can turn out together. And that's where I think makes the barbecue family different than a lot of other businesses. And even with y'all.
1: It seems like it's really just one big family. It It really is. is.
2: Now, you do got some stepkids in that family. (laughs) And you got little Joe's cousin down here that knows he probably needs to be somewhere else and not with us. (laughs) And you got some lost souls, but it's a family. You know what I mean? It's the barbecue family. Yep, for Mm -hmm. sure.
1: Very, very cool. So, um, you you know, to the people out there, um, what is is one piece of advice you have for them that that either want to – get into cooking or want to step up their game?
2: You know, I think for somebody wanting to get into cooking, don't wait, do it. There's so many good products out there now and so many good techniques and videos and things to do on the internet that, don't wait, you're missing out on some good meals, man. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you're missing out on good meals. And, and one piece of advice, you cannot rush good barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're cooking hot and fast or low and slow, you're cooking to tenderness no matter what you're cooking. Yep. And so to reiterate, I know Chad wants to say something. I'm going to say this. You always cook to tenderness at a contest, and that's what you need to cook to at home. All of our flavors are good. It's not about the flavor at the end of the day. It's about tenderness for contests. And so just passing on these backyard guys. And so that's why they're, con- they're steady buying a different rub every week. You know what I mean? And so just take your time. That's my one piece of advice. Take your time, learn, don't be afraid to try something new. The worst that could happen, you could ruin a steak. Order a pizza. And order a yep. pizza like yep. Chad had to do. <laughs> That's the worst thing. But until you try it and do it, I mean, my wife makes cheesecakes, banana bread, whatever, you know, on the Traeger. We do it all. And we have a bunch of other kind of grills, but what do we fire up 80% of the time at home? It's a pellet grill. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, you've cooked a week, and you've so done stuff fursome. and videos, and it just – Turn it on, do it on, and just take your time. Yeah. Pour a glass of wine, take your time, have some fun.
0: Mine would be in at it, it piggybacks on what Heath said. You'd have you thought we planned this, but we didn't. You know, he talked about cooking the tenderness. I always tell people the number one thing if you want to become a better cook, don't cook the time. What's, when, when people DM us or see us, hey man, how long does that brisket take? It takes how long it takes. You when it's done. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you for trying to plan to feed folks and what time everybody's getting together, 10 to 12 hours, you know, based on what size it is or whatever. But the day that you quit cooking to time and you get yourself an instant read thermometer, I know y'all are partners with Thermoworks. Mm-hmm. heck of a good company. I can say, I know both of us since we got started have used Thermalworks. If if, that's,
2: if I could tell anybody one thing you need to go buy yep. to use to cook with, it's going to be a thermopen.
0: Instant read thermometer, yep.
2: It's not going to be nothing else. It ain't going to be a rub. It ain't going to be a sauce. It ain't going to be a skillet. It ain't going to be a cooker it's going to be a thermopin.
0: Yep, because I don't care if you're cooking over an open pit or a Traeger or whatever you're cooking on, when you've got that instant-read thermometer. And don't just use it for the temperature reading. So you're getting in there, like on, on on brisket, you're getting in there, you're seeing you know, the briskets like we had, the choice briskets we had today or the prime briskets, you're usually taking those up around 200, between 200 and 204. And what we're looking for, though, when we go to put that instant-read thermometer in is, one, the reading – but two, you want that thermometer. I always tell people if you going to replicate this, take a stick of butter and leave it laying out at room temp for about four hours. And you take your instant read thermometer and you sl- it should just slide right in that meat, whether it be a just butter or a brisket. Right and, but in the middle, you just want a tinge of resistance. Because think about it. You know, and one thing people always forget about is when you pull that piece of meat off the cooker, it's not done cooking. Mm-hmm. You open that foil up. And it's still going to cook another 15, 20, 30 minutes. you got to let all that steam get off of it. Because all the visual heat. Yep, and let that cooking process stop. Then you can foil it back up and throw it in your Yeti and let it let it rest, you know, for at least an hour if you're doing a, a brisket. I like mine to rest, sometimes two, three. I,
2: I'm a two to three uh, Yeah,
0: man on brisket. Is,
1: so a question I have, is there... What's too long
0: to rest? Is
1: there
2: too Man, long? Man, I've rested five, six, seven, eight, nine yeah. hours. I know restaurants that rest 10 in an auto sham, you know? And an auto sham is basically a, uh, not an oven, but um It's, it's almost about like 140, 160. But it's
0: mostly steam, so Just it you put water in the bottom. Yeah, it doesn't beat it up. It just keeps it warm. It doesn't dry it out. Okay. Yeah, it just keep Because you got to, I mean, obviously, one thing, even for people at home, you got to keep that, that meat at 140 or above to keep it food safe. You don't want to go serving. Mm-hmm anything that sat and got below 140 degrees. So your restaurants,
2: you know? they pull your meat and then they put them in an auto sham and hold them. And most really good barbecue restaurants are not gonna pull that pork off the butt or slice that rib or slice that brisket until you order it. There's some people that are pre-slicing, putting on as you and whatnot. And those are usually not your typical very good barbecue places. And you gotta mm-hmm.
0: remember when it comes to barbecue, as soon as you put it on that cutting board and you put a knife to it, the clock started. It's gonna start dying. You know what I mean? So always being able to cut and serve and let people get that food at its best moisture, at its best heat level, at its best quality is always
2: something to keep in mind. Well, I relate to people. Do you know what moisture is in a piece of meat?
1: For the most part.
2: All right. So you know what steam is when you unwrap it like a brisket? Mm-hmm. That's your moisture escaping. Mm-hmm. And so think about when you go to slice it and expose it to air. If you leave that piece <laughs> of meat laying out there, it starts it's just steady right? Getting cooled off, right? Well, as it cools off, it dries out because that steam tightens up. Tightens mess with up. your tenderness. And so you have to know, like Chad reiterated, most briskets go 203, 204. I set mine a 200 today. Well, it was a choice brisket and we were cooking like a 200 low and slow. And just to back up, I guess to say the lower temp you cook, the lower finished temp, the meat's going to cook. The hotter you cook, the higher the finished temp. And so you always like, he said, you can't, no piece of meat's going to be the same. We can get you a roundabout figure, and then you need to check for that feel like butter. So today, I had, I cooked three briskets on the same grill. Two of them were about the same size, one a little smaller. The smaller one come off at 208. I had one come off at 206, and I let one go all the way to 215 before it turned loose. And so it goes to tell you that I cooked them all at the same temp. Same cooker. Same cooker. But it doesn't matter because you don't never know that animal's life that's what i always say every and so animals every a different piece life. of meat's different whether it was the right brisket left brisket and it's a theory with this which if you will lift weights with just your right arm it's going to be way smaller or way bigger than your left arm muscle right mm-hmm. your dominant arm so whichever side of that animal let's just say for a brisket lays down on and stands up with that leg that's which side brisket's going to be tougher than the other side
1: so and, uh, and so, how do you know that you don't? Well, don't you don't know you it. It's okay. why I have different
2: fishing, I, I like finishing finishing tips answer. on meat. Yeah. Tips on meat. The finish tips always going to be a little bit different.
0: And I've always said, you may have one steer that worked three jobs, and you may have one that lived at a country club. That's it. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. so you you just don't know. That's why you gotta you gotta let the tenderness tell you.
2: Well, I told a story last night to people. I've cooked hundreds of whole hogs. That's a lot of people knew me for that. Mm-hmm. I don't cook a lot of them anymore, It's just a lot of work. I don't like working that hard anymore. <laughs> and I had one hog at one contest one time, and I couldn't get done. The hog cooked almost 30 hours. I made finals, which is the top three team. It was a big contest. I limped in there. I usually cook about 250 all night. I had pushed this one up. It was running 300 when I turned in a blind box. And then you make finals, and you do it all over again. Four judges come to your site on the Memphis mm-hmm. Barbecue Network. The ham on this thing never would turn loose. I had to grill all the way up to 325. by, the, And this is... Five more hours before finals, right, when you turn in a blind box that morning. Five hours goes by. So it cooked another five hours. We threw that hog in the garbage. It never turned loose. It was still so tough. Huh. And so you never know. It's just like an animal. You never know. And so just like cooking steak, I tell people this too. How many restaurants you have been to and you've got a steak and you order it and you cut into it and all your juices run out on the plate. By the time you take your last bite, the steak's kind of dry, even though it's really good at first, right? That's mm-hmm. because they didn't allow that steak to rest, mm-hmm. and all that juices it would have flowed out on a plate, and then sucked it back up in there. And then when you cut it, the juices would have stayed in it if they'd allowed it to rest, the minimum of I'm, seven, eight minutes I, I, on I'm a steak. I'm
0: about to say I, I always use a guideline of about a ten minute rest. Yeah,
2: if you got it on a steak, that's perfect. Perfect.
0: And all you got to do is put it on a plate and let it sit on the counter. You ain't got to do nothing I, special. Fix your
2: baked potato. Fix your mm-hmm. salad. Get your drink. Get everything. If you, you want to get fancy,
0: throw a dollop of butter on top yeah, while it's it. resting.
2: But resting meat is the key. Well, mm-hmm. We were talking about briskets a while ago, two hours, whatever. I like three and four hours on briskets. And to restaurants, I know restaurants now that hold their meat ten hours before they serve it. And if they—if you can do it and if you can take that brisket off and, like, out of the foil or out of butcher paper and then wrap it in plastic wrap, put it in an auto-assembler hole where all the steam stays in that paper like that and don't escape at all, that's, some of the, that's how a lot of these Texas guys do briskets. They put them in auto sham and like that and wrap them up in a butcher paper. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're always really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so that's competition barbecue the same way. We're just doing a minor method of what some of these high-end restaurants are doing. Agreed.
1: Love it. Man, just so much to absorb in this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I we keep, could talk 25 hours <laughs> Oh, I can see that. You guys are just so incredibly passionate about it and just, you know, landed in the right spot. So thank you so much for your... Uh, for joining us.
0: Today. Hey, thank you for having us. Not just right. here for the podcast, but you know, once again, what an amazing event that we, you know, those barbecue folks just got to be a small part of, but to get a glimpse, like I said, into your store, into your people, into your, your, your culture, culture and culture, and then a peek into the training. I mean, I mean, th- this is a crazy week for the people that are here. Oh yeah. 7am yeah, to 10pm. I mean, just knowledge overload, but they're going to go back to each one of their stores and you kind of do a train the trainer thing and, and they're going to spread that knowledge on and then all of them are going to share it with consumers. I know it's a big investment. I know it's a lot of time, but thank you all for bringing the barbecue world into it and letting us be a part of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I'm the same way with Chad. I'm, I'm a Shields fan for life. After, yeah. after going in a store and working with y'all and you know what? Y'all have always been since day one. I've been with y'all a little over a year. My brand has. You've always treated me with the utmost respect and value. And you pay great on time. <laughs> yes, they do. It, it just, when you work with good companies like that and then actually come up here and see it, I just really appreciate you inviting well, it, me it, to be a part of it. It, mm-hmm. it makes really you realize you
0: for why you don't have to call or chase a check from Shields or, in, you know, and we all got retailers where you do got to do that. But, you know, everything always, well, if it's net 30, you can guarantee about 28 days. It's going to be there. It's going to be there. You know what I mean? And and, and and that's, and I know that's a very small thing of doing commerce, but. It, you know, to guys like us that, it, you know, we run our brains off our dollar, it means a lot.
2: It does. I just don't want to get the email from my CPA going, hey, so-and-so hadn't paid in 65 days. They're behind. <laughs> yeah, what would you the, like to do?
1: You that's know? the parts of the job that just aren't that far. Away, you know, so. and it's usually
2: an invoice that got lost. It's nothing big. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really deal with anybody. I don't think in the barbecue world we don't deal with too many bad
0: people. You know
2: what I mean? Yeah. We deal with fun people. Yep. And that's what it's all about. Having fun, having a good time, and man... Living. L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N.
1: Don't forget that apostrophe, too. Apostrophe,
2: <laughs> it. It.
0: Mike, All man, right. thank you so much, brother. What yeah, a great time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So so for the people that want to learn more about what you do, want to stay connected, where, where can they find your, your content?
2: They can find me at Heath Riles Barbecue, which is, uh, you know, just Heath Riles BBQ. And you can find that on any social channel between Facebook, Instagram. TikTok, Twitter, and we're on YouTube. We release a weekly video every week—a cooking video on a different style of cooker—and uh, uh, we just have fun, you know, with our brand. And so, if you want to follow along, watch us grow, and eat some really good food with some good flavors, give us a shout, give us a look. Yeah. There we go. And uh, you can catch up with me, at Whiskey
0: Bent BBQ, on all the socials, including MySpace. That's coming back may want to get on that.
2: Man. You may want to get on I that. No, I my I'm not, not going to hold my breath on that one. I know, I know my page is still playing Nickelback. <laughs> I cannot know about you. And I know it's, I want to be a rock star on there. I I'll tell you what. I couldn't uh, believe when
0: Tom Anderson sent me a, an email telling me to join back up a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, you can check me out at Whiskey WhiskeyBitBBQ uh, everywhere on social. And then uh, just make sure to check out Traeger Grills. You know, yeah. we've got over a million followers on Instagram. Um, we do a lot of live cooking content i think i got a traeger kitchen live coming up on traeger's facebook page on the 22nd uh we're going to do some state we'll do some reverse here steaks and a couple good eats and uh yeah and, and just go over to traeger.com and there's around 1400 recipes that uh you can search by your level of cooking competence you can search by allergens what do you want to cook protein wise what sides desserts whatever it's a great resource
1: absolutely and um you know for those people that, that lost some of that, we're going to have we're going to have all this stuff in the description of this podcast. There's going to be links to all that. Um, you know, there'll also be links to "What's Cooking," a series that that we launched on, awesome. on our really? YouTube channel. You know, it's it's just in its infancy stages. It's it's starting small, but it's starting
0: to grow. And well, uh, if y'all need to fly a couple guys up here to to do a little content for it, I think I know two that sign up for it. Okay, you,
2: you, you, it. you might have a couple. We, we might have a couple. We, we might <laughs> arrange that. All right, we might <laughs> arrange perfect.
1: It. Yeah, we might have to make that happen. Maybe a so. little throwdown.
2: Oh, that'd be fun. Ooh, that would that be, be fun. fun. To do a throwdown. Yep. I
1: like this. Just brainstorm session. Right I
2: have here. been saying that for a long time. I wanted to get together three or four people and do like a, just a, not enough Fun. Through. Just fun. Just a fun throwdown. Rib down. each other. Have a good yeah, time. Yeah, man. Just a fun throwdown. Always throw bring down. Malcolm
0: up with Stock us. Stock the pantry. Let,
2: you know, ingredients. I would love for. Can uh, almost do a chop throwdown. Yes. Yeah. Just, just a barbecue style.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, you know. I, can, I can just feel the excitement level just getting <laughs> up and up the farther you get. Oh, we're, we're best
2: friends, but I'm going to tell you, the competition <laughs> level between all of us is uh, laughter because at the end of the day, hell, we all go celebrate like we just won. Well, and, and another thing I'll tell you too, cool competition barbecue tradition,
0: and we do it a lot in Florida. I don't know how much you all do it out there, but you go to a contest say, Heath, I'm going I'm to I'm bet you a dollar on ribs. You don't care about that dollar, but if Heath beats me in ribs, i got to take that dollar in a Sharpie. And I gotta say, Heath Riles wore me out today, dated <laughs> the competition and handed it to him. And my, my first trailer, my whole inside of the trailer was nothing but just dollar bills that I'd won a contest and I'd stamp them up on the wall. And you know, but to me, that's the fun camaraderie of barbecue is, yeah, you go rip somebody if you beat them or this and that, but shoot, at the end of the day, if you need something from me or see, whatever, yeah. and, and I mean, some of my best buds that I talk to all the time, you know, I've been friends with over a decade, it all started over competition barbecue.
1: very cool so Heath Chad thank you for your time our pleasure man thank you so much thank you you. All right. well hopefully you enjoyed this segment of the Shields Outdoors podcast Uh, don't forget to follow our social pages Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram Uh, if you have any barbecue needs want to look for these guys products you can find them in our store or online at Shields.com and with that I want to thank you all for listening